0: Welcome to the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having a wonderful start to your Friday. I am back feeling a bit better. Thank you for sticking with me throughout this week. Hope you enjoyed the Quest for 1003 series talking about the Grizzlies pursuit of having the best shooting production a Grizzlies team has ever had. This upcoming season. But to wrap up the week, we're going to talk about some exciting things that are going on as far as the Grizzlies, reflecting on two of the more anticipated top 100 NBA players lists, both from Sports Illustrated and from ESPN, the NBA rank list that comes out every year, looking at where Jabarat and other Grizzlies ranked. Were some ranked too high? Some too low? Were there any snubs that clearly should have been rate that work? We'll look at that in the first and second segment of the show. And in the third segment, we'll look at the significance of the roster moves that were made last night by the Grizzlies in anticipation for the start of next week's trading camp. Of course, you can find the show at Locked on Grizz, myself at SAC. My name's Sean Coleman. I'm a credentialed media member with the Grizzlies, have been covering the Grizzlies for over three years over at Grizzly Bear Blues. Your host here at Locked on Grizzlies, your Grizzlies. Every single day. I want to remind you, you can find the podcast Locked On Grizzlies wherever podcasts are available. Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, that's where we will be. And we want to thank you for making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen of the day. But also want to encourage your second listen of the day to be the Locked On NBA podcast. Just like Locked On Grizzlies available to you every day. On Fridays, it's Nick Engstead of Locked On Mavericks and Adam Maris of Locked On Nuggets talking about the week that was when it comes to the NBA, and there was plenty to discuss across the league. Make sure to check out the Locked On NBA podcast today. I also want to remind you of rockauto.com, our title sponsor for today's show, RockAuto.com: amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts that you'll ever need. Visit RockAuto.com today. So in these, ESP, so in these top 100 lists, when it comes to the NBA, it's always fun to see where certain players rank. You know, do they stay kind of where they were in the previous year? Do they make a big jump? Do they make a big leap? And for some Grizzlies, you saw a lot of it. You saw some players who weren't in the top 100 a year ago jump into the top 100 this year. You saw Jared Jackson Jr., who was ranked pretty high last year, take a significant drop back in the top 100. We'll discuss that in the second segment due to his injury. But the one player that certainly does stand out, When it comes to the Grizzlies, is John Morant, and John Morant found himself right in the top thirty discussion when it comes to the NBA currently. Over at ESPN, he was ranked number thirty-one, and on Sports Illustrated top one hundred list, he was ranked number twenty-five. Now, I think that this is a fair ranking for John Morant. I do think that John Morant clearly has a case to be in the top 30 players in the NBA. But, and as some have expressed opinions on, it is a bit of a surprise, and I can certainly see the logic behind it, as to how John Morant is ranked ahead of players like a De'Aaron Fox, or a Zach Levine, a Jalen Brown, um, a Shea Gilgis Alexander, a Drew Holiday. Or on one or both of these lists. And I get it. Statistically speaking, there are several players who are ranked behind John Morant on both the Sports Illustrated and ESPN lists who had better statistical seasons than John Morant did last year. But as I mentioned all offseason, and as I think we're going to start seeing be a bigger part of the narrative around John Morant, the value of John Morant is not just in individual statistics. Yes, you'd love to see him score in 25 to 26 a game, and he may eventually get there. We all know he has the talent to to do that, you would love to see his shooting continue to develop, and hopefully it will take the needed jump this year for him really to get to that superstar status but job ja Morant doesn't care about stats he he could he could care less about them. job ja Morant cares about winning, he cares about passing, he cares about making his teammates better and so beyond the individual statistics and, and where it gets into the debate of well why are these players? behind Ja Morant, when statistically, they were much better than him during the 2020-2021 season, where Ja Morant makes up for it, is being the main player on a team that two years in a row has exceeded expectations, and last year made the playoffs. When you talk about players like a De'Aaron Fox, or a Darius Garland, or you know, a Shea Gilgis-Alexander, or even a Zach Levine, yes, those players may have better individual statistics. Those players may have reached higher ceilings individually when it comes to their play. But the one thing those players have not done is they have not been the main player on a team that has reached the playoffs. Ja Morant has, and I get it, you can make the argument that, you know, you can't really compare situations, and, you know, it may be because Ja Morant has a better team around him, and that's a fair argument, but I would counter that argument by saying the reason why those players around Ja appear to be a better team than the players around those other players like Levine and Fox and Shea gilgis Alexander is because Job ja makes them better. You know, when I talked a month ago with Dr- with Darko projection or projection metric founder Kostya Medivovsky, he mentioned that the reason why Job ja was so highly looked at, so highly projected by Darko was because of what the odd off numbers say for not only Job ja but also his teammates. When Jaw is off the court. So that's the thing that I think is starting to come into focus with Jaw is that, yes, the individual statistics from Jaw himself may not compare to other players that are close to him in these top 100 lists. But a couple of things stand out. Number one, obviously, his ability to improve his teammates' play around him. Number two, the fact that Ja Arant in just two seasons in the NBA, has led a, his team to the cusp of the playoffs and to the playoffs when it really wasn't expected that they were supposed to be there. But the other thing is, is that Ja Morant has the unique ability to either be an elite playmaker or an elite score, and he's getting better at knowing which of those two to really feature for whatever game for for whatever the game calls upon. Does he need to be the elite playmaker? Does that, is that the best way for the Grizzlies to win, or does he need to step up and be the elite scorer? But the other key aspect of things is not just that John ja Morant has led his team to the playoffs, not just that Ja Morant has made his teammates better, better than other players on these lists have, it's the fact that once Ja Morant made it to the playoffs, That's where he starred. You saw him set the Grizzlies franchise record for most points in a game. You saw him make history as being the youngest player to ever get 150 or more points and 40 or more assists in his first five playoff games of his career. Ja not only has made the playoffs, unlike those other players that I mentioned, but he's also starred in those playoffs. He clearly was the, biggest reasons why, was the biggest reason why the Grizzlies were at least competitive for many of the minutes that they were on the court with the best team in the NBA last year, the Utah Jazz. So I get the statistical argument. I get that Ja may be ranked too high on these lists in the eyes of some when you look at the individual statistics of these players. But the value of Ja goes far beyond the individual statistics, at least more so than other players so far in his career. His His ability to improve his teammates' play, his ability to allow for the team that he's the best player on, the fact that he's allowed for them to exceed expectations the two years he's been in the league, and not only the fact that he led the Grizzlies to the playoffs, but also was a clear star on the court with other stars he's the reason the Grizzlies were able to beat Steph Curry and the Warriors in go- in Oakland and he was the reason why the Grizzlies were able to be competitive with Utah so all those reasons all those different points on Jaw's resume is in my opinion what validates him as a top 30 player so go beyond the individual statistics and you start to see the value of Jaw a value of his game that It's only going to continue to get better as he matures at only 22 years of age. But beyond Jaw, it was nice to see a few other Grizzlies make these top 100 lists. However, I do think that the biggest takeaway from these lists beyond where Jaw was ranked was the omission of a certain player who I think anyone across the NBA would certainly say is a top 100 player. Coming up, I'll talk about that in just a second. Obviously, we always have fun talking about where NBA players rank on these ESPN or Sports Illustrated or any type of top 100 lists. But what if I could tell you that there are so many great options that you can choose when it comes to a daily snack, but you don't have to rank them. You can enjoy any of them any time that you want by just simply ordering them. And that's what you get with Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Have it in the morning for breakfast and the afternoon as a snack. Whatever you choose to enjoy it, it's going to be healthy. It's going to taste great. It's going to give you a boost for your day. And the other great thing about it is, is that not only if you go to Built.com, do you get 20 or so different options to choose from, all of which taste great. You also will get 15% off by using the promo code LOCKED15 when you go to Built.com. And you can go to Built.com right now, put in the promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your next order from Bar. So once again, we want to thank you for making... Locked On Grizzlies, your first listen of the day. Always want to make sure that you're enjoying the great content from Locked On Grizzlies. But for your second listen of the day, the Locked On Podcast Network has so many different options. I talked with you about Locked On NBA, but say you want to specifically get information about the biggest news story that's out there right now, which is, of course, the Minnesota Timberwolves and their front office shakeup. You can listen to Ben Beacon on the Locked On Wolves podcast for great insight on what's going on with the Minnesota Timberwolves, perhaps even Carl Anthony Towns. We'll talk about him on Locked On Grizzlies next week. But also, what if a trade with Ben Simmons were to go down this weekend before training camp occurs? What could be the fallout when it comes to fantasy basketball? You've also on the Locked On Podcast Network got the number one podcast when it comes to fantasy basketball out there, the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast with Josh Lloyd. So Locked On Grizzlies being your first listen of the day, Back it up with plenty of great options to choose from when it comes to when it comes to the Locked On NBA Podcast Network for your second listen of the day. Locked On Wolves, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, whatever your preference is, we've got you covered here on the Locked On Podcast Network. So we've talked about John ja Morant, ranking number 25 on Sports Illustrated's Top 100 list, and then also number 31 on ESPN's NBA rank top 100 list. But Ja Morant was not the only player from the Grizzlies who was ranked in the top 100. Several other Grizzlies, and a former Grizzly, who I will mention due to how special he was for the Grizzlies' success last year, were ranked in the top 100. Over at Sports Illustrated, some Grizzlies who were ranked in the top 100 besides Jaw, Jared Jackson Jr. was 87. Jonas Valanciunas was 86, and then Dylan Brooks was 84, and of course, Jaw at 25. And then on the ESPN NBA rank, Steven Adams was 98, Jonas Valanciunas was 94, Dylan was 78, Jared Jackson Jr. was 71, and Jaw, of course, was 31. Before I get to those ranks, I mentioned that there was a player who was omitted. From both lists, and I think that it is a farce. I think that it absolutely is one of the biggest snubs out there that Kyle Anderson was not on the ESPN Top 100 list. Listen, I talk about Jaw, and I talk about how a lot of his value is away from his individual statistics because of the impact that he makes on the team outside the box score. Kyle Anderson is the definition of that. Listen, I get that he's not a scorer, but if you want to talk about one of the more consistent players in the league who contributes across the board in non-scoring categories, it's Kyle Anderson. You want to talk about a guy who, along with Dylan Brooks, were one of the two main reasons the Grizzlies had arguably a top six or seven defense last year? It's Kyle Anderson. And you want to talk about a guy who with job ja Morant and Jonas Valentus and Jared Jackson Jr. and others were out to start last season, a guy who stepped up and clearly was one of the leading candidates for most improved player of the year in the first half of the season, it was Kyle Anderson. I would be willing to bet that if you go around the league and you talk to players, front office personnel, coaches, Kyle Anderson would likely be in the majority of top 100 lists among those minds. So the fact that Kyle Anderson is not on those top 100 lists, and I know you can't fit everybody on there, there's a reason why you could only fit 100 players onto these lists, but I do think that it is a a bit of a disappointment that Kyle Anderson is not on these lists. But beyond that, You know, Jonas Valanciunas being, you know, ranked 86th over at Sports Illustrated, ranked 94th over at ESPN, I think that that certainly is a good spot for him. Last year, he was not on the NBA Top 100 list. This year, he is. That clearly puts him, you know, towards the back end of the top 10 centers in the league. And the fact that Steven Adams was on there on the ESPN list, at least, I think it says a few things. Number one, I think it's recognized that Jonas Valanciunas is one of the best combinations of offense and rebounding in the league. But I also think ESPN recognizes that Steven Adams, even if it's in a reduced role, really can step back up and be a force defensively rebounding and creating space for for the Grizzlies offense. I think that Steven Adams could have an underrated role in being a reason why the Grizzlies are effective on both ends of the court, and I think that overall, that's why ESPN could expect a bit of a bounce-back year with where they rank Steven Adams, despite his disappointing season last year. Another player for the Grizzlies that does stand out as being in a pretty logical spot is Dylan Brooks. He's number 78 on ESPN's list and number 84 on Sports Illustrated's list. Now, I feel you can make an argument Dylan Brooks could be ahead of several of the players that are in front of him because of the fact that he was the number two option for the Grizzlies. He was the number two option offensive option for a playoff team once they made it to the playoffs, and before that, he was the biggest reason why the Grizzlies' defense was top six or seven in the league to get them to the playoffs. I feel if we were to look at last year's body of work as being the biggest Part of the resume for players to be on these top 100 lists, Dylan is clearly a top 75 player from last year in the NBA. He's on the cusp of it. He's right outside of the top 75 on both of these lists, but I do think that Dylan does have a case to be a top 75 player in the league right now, so perfectly fine with where he was ranked. And then, of course, one of the more interesting placements of a player across the entire NBA, in my opinion, and also obviously with the Grizzlies, is Jared Jackson Jr., coming in at number 87 on Sports Illustrated's list and number 71 on ESPN's list. Now, a year ago, one of the biggest things about the Grizzlies, what created a lot of buzz for them before the season, was the fact that on several of these lists, the Grizzlies had two 21-year-old players who were ranked within the top 50 of the top 100 in the NBA going into last season. But of course, Jared being out nearly the entire season with an injury, you start to see now where the NBA, really when it comes to what defines Jared Jackson Jr., it seems that many who analyze the NBA put more emphasis on the fact that he could be injury-prone moving forward than the actual ability for him to reach his potential. And I get it. I certainly understand where those minds are looking at because of the fact that Jared has, you know, three years into his career, he's not been able to complete a single season as of yet. But I do also think that the best combination of health as well as preparation is going on right now in Jared Jackson Jr.'s career. And for that reason, I think that Jared clearly has one of the best chances of being a player who right now is in the back 50 of the top 100 He clearly has one of the best chances to, a year from now, be a player who could jump maybe 30, even 40 spots on on these lists into the top 50. Because if he plays well this year, and if health is on his side, if Jared can combine the offensive steps he took in uh, his second year, and also improve the secondary aspects of his game like he did in his short time back in his third year, You've got a two-way player who at Jared's size is very rare, but also very impactful. So obviously health is going to be the biggest aspect of Jared's game. The best ability is availability, as many say, and that certainly is true when it comes to Jared Jackson Jr. But if Jared is healthy, and I do think that there are good indications that he will be, the Grizzlies will make sure of that going into the season. And I also feel the Grizzlies are going to make it a point to feature him because of what he can bring to the table. If you've listened this week, you know why. It's because of his ability to shoot the three for a team that I think is going to become more heavily reliant on shooting the three-pointer. I think that if Jared's healthy, and he's featured, and he can make the shots like he did his sophomore year, but also create defensive impact like he did towards the end of last season, you've got a two-way impact player who will be one of the top 50 players clearly by the end of this season. And I think that the ranks will reflect that next year. So overall, I think the biggest disappointment is the fact that Kyle Anderson is not on these lists. But besides that, I think that there is logic with where many of the Grizzlies players are ranked. And after last Friday, when I talked about the fact that I think the national media still is underrating just how talented the supporting cast members of the Grizzlies are, you kind of get the sense that that still exists, but you also are glad to see the respect that players like Dylan and Jonas Valanciunas are finally receiving because of how well they played together in Memphis. Hopefully the Grizzlies will have, you know, four or five more will have four or five players on next year's ESPN ranks NBA ranks list and other top one hundred lists because so many of their players stepped up and delivered this year that certainly is a goal that hopefully will be a heavy indication that this next season was a clear success as the Grizzlies continue to develop. But before we talk about what's going to happen next season, the Grizzlies obviously have to get their roster set, and they made moves last night to do exactly that. I'll discuss what the significance of those moves are and what to look for next week when it comes to training camp in just a moment. Looking at these top 100 lists across the NBA, you know, whether it be Sports Illustrated or ESPN, it's nice to see that so many parts of the Grizzlies roster are working well and working well together to make the Grizzlies perform well. And if you're a car owner, you love to get updates that the parts of your car are doing the same thing. But sometimes you may need to upgrade parts to make the car perform better. And if that's the case, the place for you to go to do that is rockauto.com. Number one, it's very easy to use. Within a few clicks of the button, you'll likely find what you need. And also, regardless of the make and model and regardless of the part, rockauto.com is likely to have what you need. And regardless of your experience level, when it comes to auto repairs, rockauto.com is going to be very a very good resource because this is a family-owned business. They've been in business for over 20 years. They know that auto parts can be expensive, so they try to keep Parts as cost effective as possible. When you visit rockauto.com, let them know the Locked On Podcast Network sent you. Rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you'll ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Listen, the NFL is back, and that's always a wonderful development if you like to wager and bet on sports. And if that's the case, bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, AG continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, Online is the fastest and easiest way for you to bet on all your favorite sports. Check out BetOnline.ag today. Once again, cannot thank you enough for making Locked on Grizzlies your first listen of the day. We always want to make sure when it comes to your Grizzlies every day, the Locked on Grizzlies podcast is at the top of your listening preferences. But for your second listen of the day, don't forget to check out Locked on Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling. Locked on Bets has had a lot of good success when it comes to its recent bets across all areas of sports. When it comes to betting on the Grizzlies, it doesn't have to be a guessing game anymore. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team-favored picks, and least Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. So we've talked about the top 100 list, and we've discussed how many Grizzlies are ranked where they should be ranked, Kyle Anderson should be in the list as well, but you know we'll save that argument for another time. If Kyle Anderson has another season this year like he did last year, I'd be willing to bet he will be a new addition to many top 100 lists a year from now, but we know that Kyle Anderson... John Barrett, Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Steven Adams. We all know that their roster spots are secure, but the Thursday night, the Grizzlies took one step closer to finalizing. Well, actually, they did finalize their roster, at least for training camp next week. The Grizzlies announced that Yves Pods, who they had signed to an, to basically an Exhibit 10 contract for the, for the uh, Memphis Hustle, his contract was converted to a two-way contract. So the two two two-way contracts for the Grizzlies this season will once again be Killian Tilly like he was last year and Yves Pods. They also announced that they signed Shaq Buchanan as well as Sean McDermott to basically what are Exhibit 10 contracts, meaning that they will play for the Memphis Hustle. In corresponding moves, the Grizzlies waived Carson Edwards and Daniel Oturu. So what this means is, is that in training camp, the Grizzlies can take 20 players under some sort of contract, whether it be an NBA, two-way, Exhibit 10, whatever it be, they can take 20 players under contract into training camp. By waiving both Carson Edwards and Daniel Oturu, the Grizzlies have done just that. They have 16 players under NBA contracts, Killian Tilly and Yves Pods on two-way contracts, and then Shaq Buchanan and Sean McDermott on Exhibit 10 contracts, which equals out to 20 players, but the battles for roster spots are not done just yet. It's anticipated that besides the 10 rotation players who, you know, you've heard us mention many times before on Lockdown Grizzlies, as well as John Conchar, Zaire Williams, and Santi Aldama, you've got the 14th and 15th spots on this roster coming down to Jarrett Culver, Chris Dunn, and Sam Merrill. I highly anticipate that Jarrett Culver will be that 14th player. I think that there is going to be, I think the thing to look forward to with Culver is going to be whether or not his fourth year option is picked up versus whether or not he's waived. I think he clearly is on the roster. So that leaves the 15th spot to Sam Merrill and Chris Dunn. Now, we broke this down before, but I really do think that you can make a logical case for either Merrill or done when it comes to getting that 15th roster spot. In the case of Merrill, we know how much Taylor Jenkins loves shooting specialists. That's obviously the reason why the Grizzlies got Desmond Bain. It's why Taylor Jenkins did so much work with Grayson Allen to turn him into a viable NBA rotation player and a viable shooter. It's why you know uh, Grayson Allen was a preference for Taylor Jenkins at times last year. Taylor Jenkins certainly has a preference for those type of players, and for a team that needs as many shooting sources as possible, Sam Merrill makes a lot of sense. But on the other side of the coin, you've got Chris Dunn. Sam Merrill and Chris Dunn are two distinctly different players, but Chris Dunn offers veteran leadership, defensive impact, and another key thing that, in my opinion, could give him a bit of an edge in this, one, in this battle for the last roster spot is the fact, in stretches, for a few minutes of the game, Chris Dunn could be capable of being a third point guard. And he obviously has more upside beyond just being a point guard. His defensive ability is what stands out as being his main attribute. And the other thing that comes with Chris Dunn is this, is that if you were to keep Chris Dunn on the roster... Obviously, he's a suitable player that can step up into a bigger role if injuries or ineffectiveness were to impact obvious rotation pieces for the Grizzlies right now. But if for some reason the Grizzlies season next year does not go as expected, if the wins are not happening, if the Grizzlies are not in as clear of a you know path to the playoffs as many anticipate they will be, if Chris Dunn does take on a bigger role for some reason, shape, or form, he also could be a tradable asset. He'll be an expiring contract. If his injury, if his knee injury proves to be fine and he's healthy, he could easily be someone that true contenders could target. There's a reason why, with playoff aspirations a year ago, the Hawks made it clear to sign him to a two year deal. And though he's been traded multiple times this offseason, you know, many contenders across the league certainly can use an extra defensive specialist. Chris Dunn could fill that role for them if he, for some reason, is not in a role with the Grizzlies. So I do think Chris Dunn has a bit of an edge, because for a front office that loves as many options as possible, I think that Chris Dunn offers more options that can lead to value long-term, at least this season, than Sam Merrill does. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's either Merrill or Chris Dunn, but I do think that it makes sense because of the fact that he could be a third point guard in a pitch, and because of his upside as a defensive, of asset, I do think that Chris Dunn makes sense as getting that 15th roster spot. And if Sam Merrill were to be waived, could he come back and play for the hustle? Will he go elsewhere? That'll be certainly be something to be seen. But I do think that at this point in time, while either option, either Merrill or Chris Dunn could make sense, I do think that Chris Dunn probably has the edge and probably is the most logical choice to get that 15th roster spot. Obviously. That'll be a decision made later on this offseason as we get closer to the season, not only figuring out that 15th roster spot, but obviously also picking up the fourth-year options for John Morant, Brandon Clark, seeing what happens with Jarrett Culver's option as well, and then potentially seeing if an extension were to happen between the Grizzlies and Jaron Jackson Jr. with the Grizzlies in trading camp. That also could be a development that we could have to talk about over the next few weeks. It's exciting to know that Grizzlies basketball is less than about the way. First, it'll be trading camp. Then a few weeks from now, we'll get into the preseason games. And then obviously on October 20th, we are going to be we're going to have Grizzlies basketball back and Counting for Good for several months into the future. We cannot wait. And of course, if you want the number one place to have you covered for all things Grizzlies, you've got it right here on the Lockto Grizzlies. Podcasts. You can find the podcast at Locked On Grizz on Twitter, myself at StatsSAC. Next week, I have a good feeling that I should be back to full health. It's going to be a big week for Locked on Grizzlies, not only because... We'll have the latest from trading camp for you, but for other reasons that I'll get into next week as well. Make sure you stay tuned. Thanks so much for making Locked on Grizzlies your first listen of the day. Find myself at Stats SAC, the show at Locked on Grizz, the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be with you next week. Have a great weekend. Go Grizzlies. We'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast.